job. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Box to Box. I'm Jeff Vesehauser taking over for Alex Purry, who's had a little bit too busy of a weekend, and Akshay, who's not had busy enough of a weekend. I had a pretty busy weekend. Yeah, but that didn't sound as good. <laughs> New season. Ah. You sound like, I mean, I'm sure you guys had fun on a yesterday afternoon. Sounded like a, you know. I had a blast yesterday afternoon. Great, oh, yeah. great you yoga P- class. Yeah. Well, and plus, United, United, United win an entire second half without conceding a goal to Brentford. So that's progress right there. It's I our mean, best second half in a long time. And you're, you you're doing this, Purry. You're going to have to cut so much. I'm going to make you, an, I'm going to make this an editing nightmare for you. Because what a terrible way to, like, drop us in absolute garbage. We have so many things to talk about. So many things. An incredible amount of transfer news. We have surprise Arsenal off to a hot start. We have Fulham's entry back into the Prem, a very tough, hard-fought game. We have Conte versus Tuchel, an absolute battle. And we have to ignore all of it because Manchester United have collapsed. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the narrative. I only want, honestly, I only want to talk about United losing 4-0. I mean, that's, that for me is just – I feel like I don't even need to watch the Premier League for the rest of the season. United – like, this is – the season's already peaked for me. I mean, unless Liverpool win the quadruple, I think the season's peaked for me. But, yeah, I mean, I think we should get right into it. And I think we do need to discuss United. I mean, it, does any part of you guys, I wonder, want to point the finger at Ten Hag this, this early? Well, now, haha, you're funny. No. He okay. No, it's Here's the problem. Here's the problem. He is he he has a slice of the blame. If we div, uh, divvy up the blame as a pie, right? Ten Hog has a slice of the pie. It's a very very small slice, but it's a slice. He's responsible for signing new players uh, that maybe would not be able to start and jump right into the starting eleven in the Premier League. That's an adjustment versus the Dutch League, right? He may have underestimated his opponents in the Premier League quite a bit coming from Ajax, where you expect to just trounce everyone. It's not going to be that easy in the Prem. Every team's going to show up, and whether you like it or not, the the crest on your jersey makes it so that everyone in the Premier League cares a little bit more about beating you. I, I mean, and, I don't even think that's... I don't, it's, not, it's not it. I mean, I think... Look, I don't he, think Ten Hag... I just don't think Ten Hag's qualified for, the, like, for this job. And I'm, I'm not going to say that, like... This is entirely his fault because there are so many issues. Name a manager qualified for this job right now. Name a manager qualified for this job. No, oh, I'll get to that. No, no, no. Name a manager qualified for the United job right now. That, that, that's, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not like it's I, – I think. No, 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 no. Including the ones that have I a job Antonio right now. Conte is qualified. We can get to that. Um, And I think – but the, the, the problem is – You saw Antonio qualified. is rotten from the way it's run at the very top to the players to the dressing room. It's just – it's totally – rotten there's no sense of unity no sense of direction i don't think i mean i think you're right jeff i don't know what manager comes in and fixes this i, I think maybe it's not as bad under conte maybe it's not as bad under, i mean i'm guardiola is not going to happen it's worse medically it's worse i'm not i'm not even going to get into that debate but look look what happened to Mourinho. At, at least under Mourinho, they were finished they finished top four won a couple of trophies you know won a europa league put somewhat of a challenge in for the Premier League title. They weren't a joke. When did they challenge for the Prem? 19 points off the title? Was that the challenge year? I mean, it's the closest. It's it's the only time that United have finished in the top two since Fergie left was under Mourinho. Yeah, it doesn't mean we challenged for the title. 
doesn't mean you challenge for the title, but let me United finished with, I believe, 81 points that season. They've won the league off of 81 points. Yeah, not not this league, not okay, in the past. No. I mean, not, not, not When's the last time someone won the league with 81 right points? Now. Yeah, but look at the level. The Guardiola and, and, and Klopp, Liverpool but, and City have set such an exceptional level over the, the past several years that it doesn't mean you, Mourinho is necessarily a bad manager because he can't reach it. United are a shambles of a club, but at least under Mourinho, you give them a chance of competing for trophies, maybe winning a cup. But honestly, Mar- Mourinho's been football. Mourinho was our worst manager. That's a joke, bro. That Mourinho's is, been our worst manager since Fergie. Worst, yeah, until Ten Hag gets sacked in November, and he will because Ten Hag is not qualified for this job. He's, he's more than qualified for this job. This no, he's not. the problem. He's, he's had success at Ajax in a farmers league. The only good thing he's done, I mean, he's won Dutch titles, great. But I mean, like Jeff, you yourself said it. It, it, it's the Premier League. Everyone shows up, it, particularly with Manchester United. It doesn't, you know, the badge means something. Opponents will play harder. That's just not something he's used to at Ajax. You know, it's easy when you're beating, you're trouncing FC 20, right? But it's... He also took them to the semifinals. Yeah, Perry, Perry. Champions League semifinals is really easy to handle, right? Like that—that's the kind of thing that any any old manager picks up. They have not done anything since then. He had he had a good run to the Champions League semifinals a few years ago. But come on, I mean, Uno Emery made it to the Champions League semifinals with Ajax. It's not like he had a good run to the semifinal with Liverpool, which is expected. Uno Emery made it to the Champions League semifinal with with Villarreal. Okay, would you would you take Uno Emery? Do you think Arsenal fans would want Uno Emery back? No, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Okay. All right. We can, we can, I can just decide to opt out of this conversation. If you think that's the same thing you can think, you can think he's a bad coach as much as you want. I've told Jesse, it's a shame Jesse can't make it on because he can corroborate what I'm saying. Ten Hag does not make it past November. Trust me. There's no way he gets fired in the next 18 months. Oh, that's buddy. That's a guarantee. If United, if United continue on like this, he will. Nope. No No shot. Progress whatsoever. No shot. He's got 18 months. All right, well, the only way he leaves the club in the next 18 months is if he resigns because it's so rotten, he, he can't fix it. Well, I mean, okay, well, I, we'll have to see. That's the only way he leaves the club in the next 18 months. But let's get to, I, I think we should get to um, some of the transfer business that a lot of the clubs have done because there have been some big signings. Munez coming into Liverpool, uh, Erling Holland on Man City, Lewandowski with Barcelona. Barcelona is a whole other ball game, and we can get to that because I think there are, a lot to say yeah. <laughs> but between the two, the two biggest Premier League signs, I'm even gonna add Chelsea in there because I think they've had a very busy summer. Um, but Chelsea setting Sterling, Koulibaly, so big summer for everyone. I mean, but again, you know, you still expect it just to be Liverpool and City challenging for the title. You still expect that they're gonna be a tier or two above everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much more to say about that. You know, you can say about you can have your predictions about Nunez, about Erling Holland, but I think Klopp made a good point on Nunez, and that was that even if he doesn't hit the round, the ground running immediately, um, it doesn't. It's not that big a deal because one, he's on a six-year contract, so he has plenty of time to settle in, plenty of time to find his place and adjust to Klopp's system. And Liverpool have plenty of other attacking players. I mean, yes, they lost Mane to Bayern, but they still have Jota. They still have Firmino, who came in last season and showed he could still he's still good for a goal too, and he did score some big goals. Obviously, Mohamed Salah. Uh, and Luis Diaz. So I don't think Liverpool are going to have too many problems going forward, even if Darwin's not quite at his best or doesn't live up to that price tag like immediately. Um, but by all indications, he will because he's off. To, he's certainly off to a great start. I got a quick question for you. Yeah. How many points has uh, Liverpool lost the league by uh, in the last year? 
I mean, they lost the league by one point. Okay. Um, at no point in time is there room to take some time to hit the ground running in a title race no, that is no, I mean, you're, that you're thin. You're, you're not wrong, but I don't think, like, I'm talking strictly in terms of Nunez's time at the club, not in terms of, like, Liverpool season. So, yes, from I guess from a Liverpool perspective, you can make the argument, yeah, they need to hit the ground running. I mean, it, uh, the draw with Fulham already feels like two points draw. It already feels like a blow to their title challenge because that's how close it's been in recent years. But from Nunez's perspective, if we're going to analyze how successful Nunez has been, you know, I, I don't think that if he has a bad season, it's not, it's really not the end of the world. We'll see. No, I don't, I don't think it is. And I, you know, I don't think one signing, you know, especially not one like Nunez, I don't think is going to change the fact that right now the Premier League is still very much going to be a two horse race, in my opinion. It's going to be City and Liverpool, which are the two teams that we mentioned running uh, above the rest of the league. And I think, you know, the signings we've seen this summer from the rest of that top six uh, are not going to bring those teams enough uh, close enough to get to City and, and Liverpool this year. I think that's the new standard in the Premier League still, uh, and that's the one that other teams are still chasing. And so, you know, I don't I don't expect too much to change from last season in terms of how the title race turns out. Uh, and I think Nunez is going to do just fine at Liverpool, and he's going to have you know he's going to have a respectable Liverpool tenure similar to what Luis Diaz is shaping up to have. Hello. Is Perry gone? I wait. We lost Perry for sure. Running to the bathroom. Perry's gonna run to the bathroom. Okay. Well, um, now's the opportunity to tell you guys all that Perry's got terrible takes and uh we hate him. And oh, is he back yet? I am. That's unfortunate. Um so, uh, Perry, we were only saying the nicest things about you. Definitely uh, don't yeah, edit I, this I off at all. I'm, I'm beyond flattered. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that they're going to be two very impactful signings. Um, uh, Nunez and uh, Holland. And I'm just, I'm worried genuinely. I think if, if Liverpool, like, it's... I'm just worried the early drop points are a sign that this might not be as smooth and clean a year. And the only hope for Liverpool fans is that it also can't be a smooth year for city who do have a little bit of more concerning for Liverpool than their result. I mean, look, you you never want to look into any game, just one game for the season, but like, it's one thing if you draw two, two and yeah, they're just sloppy errors at the back and you didn't take your chances, but Liverpool were awful. They were out, they were outplayed. They should have lost this game. So Klopp's going to have to wake. There's definitely going to have to wake this group of players up completely and i don't necessarily think it's going to be as smooth a year for city as as people think it will be i mean they lost sterling they've lost jesus who were two reliable goal scorers obviously yes they brought in erling holland but still there might be an adjustment period holland's also adapt the city's the city style of play to guardiola's demands um, the bigger the bigger fear honestly is the fact that the um that everyone else has to adapt to city's changing style uh, did you watch any of the um bournemouth game I, I Holland, Holland only completed two passes all game. It's the lowest. Uh, One of them was an assist, by the way. Yes. It's the lowest of any pep player in, in like, I think since he, before he got to city, possibly, um, I don't, I don't remember how long it's been, but it, it's insane. No one is that uninvolved in pep style ever. He completed two passes. Why? 
because both center backs were pinched in and holding him tight. There was so much room around it. Like it was just like watching a magnet get dropped onto the field. Everything pinched around him and this city team where you had to stay compact and disciplined and move as a unit. Now you can't do that because there's just a magnet roaming around that needs two bodies on him. And the space is even more wide open. If this works out for city, watch out. Yeah, and I think, Jeff, you make a great point that, like, Erling Haaland may not have necessarily established his dominance yet as a striker uh, in the Premier League, you know, a true, like, scoring, uh, a true scorer, but he's definitely already established, like you said, that presence that needs monitoring. That is a uh, something that teams have to game plan for, regardless of whether he ends up having a good match. That's, a, a, you know, a presence that has to be accounted for. And that's something that, like you said, allows City to experiment with other areas of the field. And like we talked about last season a lot uh, with City is that they can explore goal scoring threats from other people in the roster, which is something they, that Guardiola has always been so good at, at exploiting. I think it's the same thing with Liverpool, though, with, with Darwin Nunez, because he is also an immense physical presence. And I think he also he offers Liverpool something different because, look, we know Trent and Robbo, they're superb crosses of the ball. Right. But I almost think that like Darwin Nunez is like ideal for them. I think that, you know, but with a player like Darwin Nunez, Liverpool almost have more of an answer for struggling to break players down because the idea that they're just going to like cross the ball in and find Darwin Nunez, that that actually is almost a, a realistic solution. And they haven't really had that player in recent years other than Origi, who obviously scored some big goals. And uh, I mean, of course, for a season, don't discredit Jota. Was it Jota who kept well, scoring yeah, goals yeah, against yeah. way taller center backs? Yeah. He had like a month where he yeah, scored only yeah. goals against like six foot <laughs> yeah. five center backs. And you're like, how did he, how did you lose? Diogo, Diogo Jota has to be one of the best, like small type wingers in terms of headers that, you know, is, is currently playing, which is like the weirdest, most obscure statistic I've ever. Yeah. yeah he's, it's the wildest qualifier. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best aerial threat under, you know, X height. <laughs> I think we should get to Chelsea as well mm. um, because they've had, they've had a busy summer and I feel like everyone was right. Everyone was, has been very, very quick to write them off. And I never understood it because it's Chelsea hard. has, they had a well, busy summer. That, I have they, to say I think even proved. Raheem Sterling has to be the most questionable replacement at striker. Oh, I totally, I totally disagree. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's brilliant. It fits Tuchel's style way better. Right, yeah. Tuchel isn't Pep. Tuchel doesn't need a, a target man to unlock his style. A target man gets in the way of his style, and suddenly they have Sterling who can take the top off a of defense. To, uh, I don't know. I, I think the, Sterling is like he's a slasher. He can't pass well. Like Akshay, I get the like. Akshay. Okay, the slashing part of is part of Tuchel's style, right? Akshay, if if you look at the attacking players at Chelsea's disposal this season, it's better than it was last season. It was. I, I mean, Lukaku was obviously a bust. I think Chelsea have better options this season with Sterling, a proven Premier League forward. He's not an out-and-out striker, but he still adds he still adds another dimension to Chelsea's attack that maybe they lacked last season that Lukaku certainly couldn't provide. So as far as I'm concerned, that's an upgrade. Rudiger, yeah, you never want to lose a player for his quality in a free, but Koulibaly is an upgrade, in my opinion, on Rudiger. So Koulibaly might have been an upgrade three years ago. Yeah. On Rudiger, I don't, I don't think Koulibaly is an upgrade. He's he's thirty one already. Let's. I mean, matter. it doesn't matter. No, no, he no, only no, knows no. how to defend in a slow man's league. And we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, though. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. He does the second best center back in the Premier League, arguably the past since he's arrived at Chelsea. He might have been the year Van Dijk got injured. I would say he was the best center back in the Premier League. So let's see. Let's see how Koulibaly does. Top five, easily top five. I mean. 
the fact that Koulibaly is 31 doesn't doesn't throw me off one bit. I think he's a fantastic signing. Yeah, but he spent like the past, I don't know, majority of his career in a league that already plays at AARP speeds, and he's not getting any younger. Okay, but it doesn't matter if he came from Serie A, my guy. I mean, Ronaldo came from Serie A. Mohamed Salah came from Serie A. They're ballers. Are and Ronaldo's of- getting run over on the daily. We'll, he doesn't. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Ronaldo in a bit. He doesn't look like he's up to it at all. Well, that that that's. Well, we'll, we'll get, we'll to get that. there. I, I, I want to focus on Chelsea, though. I, I still think they finished top four comfortably because this is still mostly the same group of players that finished top four comfortably last season that only went out to in the Champions League to Real Madrid in extra time that reached two cup finals. There's a lot of negativity at Chelsea. I, I, I don't understand what the panic's about. I have a lot more faith in them getting top four than Arsenal and possibly even Tottenham. Yeah, I, I, honestly, they're, oh, they're still banged on for third. I don't understand absolutely. what all the skepticism no. is. I was um, going to say the same. I would not. I, I, it, I, don't, I don't see any reason to deserve Kukurea's panic balls in that Chelsea. Signing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, Kukurea is an incredibly I mean, tidy signing. Certainly an upgrade on anyone else they had there. On Alonso and Emerson yeah. awful. And, you know, Chilwell, maybe not, but Chilwell's never fit. Yeah, and Chilwell needs to get fit. Yeah, I mean the funny part about Chelsea and the reason some people might be more skeptical is that they were second best in a handful of Barca targets, which was really, really funny to watch. Yeah, but yeah, this is the same panic also- we always see with the transfer window, which is so pointless. Which is like, oh my god, they didn't get their number one target. That must mean they're failing. It's like, no, like no, no, no. Okay, that's okay. It's how often Chelsea was about to sign a player who then immediately signed for Barca. It was incredible. No, I mean, honestly, the I Rafinha stuff. Chelsea should be that pissed. They stunning, a fantastic window. Yeah, and so, surely like that can't all be on Chelsea. There's got to be stuff that Barca was doing. <laughs> Oh yeah, there are a lot of. Uh, I mean, we should get to that because there are a lot of things that Barcelona are doing. I mean, honestly, for starters, they've mortgaged even more of their future. Uh, they're activating all these levers uh, and a very tight rope. And, and listen, they they're using the phrase activating levers. You want to know what they're actually doing? Selling their media rights, selling their Barcelona studio profit rights. They've just basically sold off the rights to fifty percent of the revenue for their La Liga streams and everything out of the Barca studios department. Not only and. That. Oh, for a, it, like, but they lost it for like 25 years for a one-time lump sum payment that they've went out and already spent. And my point isn't that it's going to be a problem this year. It's my point is that Barca now have a president who's hemorrhaging the future on the hopes that the team is good enough now to make a crap ton more money by constantly being in Champions League finals. And if at any point it fails, which it will fail, Xavi having the lowest win rate of any manager they've had in the last 20-something years, uh, and so it will fail. And when it does, they're going to not have any money to be able to build up, and it's going to be a huge problem. I mean, look, I don't want to speculate on what could happen, but I feel like, and I'm not going to pretend I'm like any sort of finance, I'm not any sort of expert in like, sports finance i've had to be you 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 almost feel that like you almost feel that if this has the potential for barcelona to ruin them the way that like leads i mean i don't want to go as far as nottingham but like look at leads right who are a champions league regular who at one point were competing you know in the latter stages of the champions league we're always a bet to finish the top easy top 10 in the so barca never has that fear attached to them if we're being that, dude. if we're being brutally honest, Barca never has that fear because the Spanish oh, government has shown a vested interest yeah. in propping up Barca versus Madrid. Madrid yeah. makes more money when Barca is good. Barca makes more money when Madrid is good. They prop each other up. Barca yeah. will never that, that, dip out of the top four. They just won't. Yeah. The, the the thing is that if you look at the transfer business that Barcelona is doing, it actually it doesn't make much sense because they're spending all of their money on attackers. They have two excellent front threes, but bro, what I about mean, they the bought players? a center back, bro. Christian, we're going to ignore that. 
Yeah, Christensen is, is a very underwhelming center back. He's not great. They still need a left back. They still need a right back. Why are you spending all this money when you already have... You, you know they signed Jules Koundé, right? right back, bro. They, they, signed, a, they signed Jules Koundé. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's I'm probably Koundé's not. Koundé's big, yeah. But I don't know, Christensen, man. Ugh. I mean, he's someone you try is... on a free, but you're you're not gonna you're not gonna bet your free. He's not the future of that Barcelona back line. He's a temporary. No, shooter. he's not. They still need a left back. Jordi Alba is getting older. Right back. I mean, I th- they had to resort to sending a 38 year old Danny Alves. Get a right back. You know, keepers are solid, but I think it it it's it's a step in the. I almost want to say, if we're being optimistic, it's a step in the right direction. It's you know, okay, they didn't go out and splash. I mean, yeah, they did. Yeah, aside from Lewandowski, <laughs> there's like okay, there's at least a semblance of shifting back to like reasonable spending and like not just throwing and seeing what sticks at the wall in terms of signing big name players. I don't but know, but it's about still that. so misguided. 50, I mean, still, what 40 million, 44 million pounds for Lewandowski, like 55, 56 for Rafinha. Um, that's like another you know, 50 for those Kunde. Aren't, those, aren't, those aren't terrible sums, right? No, like they you, still you could say the same thing about, you could say the same thing cash, about Griezmann. You could say the same thing about, about Coutinho and some of the other players who signed for... No, oh, no. Okay, Akshay's right, right in the right. sense that they're not no, spending no, 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 120 no, million pounds signing. Yeah, exactly. No. And also, like, Levan, if, you, if, you really, if we're really going to analyze it, Lewandowski is the only real superstar that they've bagged this window, right? Normally, like, in the past, when we were really ridiculing Barcelona, they're going out and buying, like, whichever superstar happens to be available in any sense, right? Like, that was the Barcelona mindset, like, as, as early as last year, right? So... I, I think it, it is a step up in terms of like, okay, they're they're trying to make logical signings. They're trying to make signings that actually make sense future-wise. Okay, yeah, they're still financially, they have no idea what they're doing. And yeah, a lot of these signings, uh, and that's showing in terms of how they're shifting, right? Is that those signings are still naive in a lot of senses, right? Especially with guys like Christensen. That's like a very misguided signing, right? But okay, at least they're not going out and signing just like the biggest names they can find in any given window. You know who actually was a very... In my opinion, sh- sharp signing, shrewd, which is not something you've seen from Barcelona in a while. Kessier, Serie mm. A winner with Milan. Yes. He offers a threat going forward. Great work rate. That was a signing that went under the radar, and he adds a lot of quality to that Barcelona midfield. So I, I give them credit for them on that. But I-, I-, I think there is something we have to address, though. I mean, whatever you think about, I, I think anyone could agree that they're-, they're walking a very tight rope in terms of how they're conducting their business. But it's also unethical because they owe players money. Players like PK have had to take salary cuts. De Jong, you know, he's had his deferred wages. The club still hasn't given that to him. And yet they're spending money that they don't have, that they owe to their players on guys like Lewandowski, on Rafinha, when they already have plenty of attacking talent. Look, I get it. I mean, these are two quality players. But De Jong has a right to be fucking pissed. It's unethical. Oh, absolutely. No, I I agree with you. I think that what they're doing overall financially is still, you know, awful and is, you know, going to really come back to bite them in the long run. But okay, at least in terms of, if we're going to give them credit in some area, at least the signings that they've made in this window, in some senses, you know, are more sensible. Yes, they're more sensible than when they basically went bankrupt, but they're still yeah. heading towards financial ruin. Don't get me wrong. Right, they're they're still right driving now. at the brick wall, but they've just gone down from like 100 to 50. So like it's yeah. still going to be lethal, but like it's going to take a while before they crash. And yeah. I mean, yeah, what they're doing to Young, um, 
at this point, I feel very confident he's going to Chelsea over United uh, if he leaves. But I also feel very confident that he has absolutely no reason to leave. It's borderline a Gareth Bale situation. The only problem is he showed up at 23. He hasn't already been one of the better players in the world for a little while. And that drive might have him leave early. But the way they deferred his contract wasn't we're withholding 17 million pounds over these two COVID seasons. And we're going to um, tack it on to you know other years. And for example, if you get transferred out, we'll just pay you whatever's left on that extra. No, they decided we're just going to sign you to a contract extension that is heavily backloaded, a fully brand new deal where he makes like three or four million the first COVID year, like six or seven the second year, where he was supposed to be making 11 or 12. But the back end of the deal, he's making 18 or 19 a year, right? He's absolutely securing the bag for the back end of this new deal where he would have been on a normal wage. And now he just gets to reap the reward, right? Now, um, you know, instead, he, he signed this new deal. And unfortunately for him, it means that Barca doesn't have to pay him if they send him off somewhere else, right? That's $17 million that he was due. He's yeah. not due anymore. It's not contractually stipulated that it's due because it was just a pure, like, new contract with an extension. And now Barca's just like, all right, leave. We paid you $3 million a year when we owed you, you know, a bunch. We paid you $5 million a year when we owed you a bunch. Uh, you want that back? No, leave. Despicable. Yeah, it's 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 not you know it's it's not very ethical business from Barcelona, but if you look at Real Madrid though, I mean, as far as I know, they don't have any serious financial problems. They also just won the Champions League, but they've strengthened man. Tuchel many fantastic signing. Um, adds another dimension on midfield. Real Madrid have two Champions League winning midfields because if you take out Casemiro, Cruz, and Madrid, you have Camavinga, you have Valverde, and now Tuchel many. So for me, I think they're a lot to win La Liga again. I think for Barcelona, it's going to take a lot of time for these players to gel. I watched the second half against Rio, had a lot of trouble breaking down. For all the attacking talent on that team, Rio defended very well, was able to frustrate Barcelona. They were resorted to long shots you know, from distance. Real Madrid, for me, as, as all Liga champions, they've only strengthened. Um, I can only see them going up from here. We'll see. Yeah. It is... It's another year and another year of legs on an aging core, and you have to worry that at some point that will catch up with them. No, but that's the point. But the point is they can have guys like Valverde and Camavinga and Tushan Mani who can come in just flawlessly. Uh, My opinion, you know, yeah, it might take time for, you know, Camavinga's still a young player, has developing to do, but I think these guys are incredibly reliable. We saw what an impact Camavinga had when he came on as a sub last season. He's only going to be more integrated into the team. Vinicius has found his feet at Real Madrid. He's only going to be better. So I think Real Madrid fans have every reason to believe that they're in for another exciting year and possibly another La Liga title. Oh, almost certainly another La Liga title. I don't see realistically any competition being put up from a joke of a manager. Um, let's call him Spanish Lampard, or do we want to call him Spanish Gerard? Either way. Spanish Lampard. <laughs> I think that's ridiculously harsh. I think I, I, we could call him Spanish Lampard. We could call him Spanish Pirlo. There's a lot of these guys who've been popping okay. up recently and they're failing and they're going to Lampard and Pirlo are two different conversations, but I think Xavi still needs time at Barcelona. He's a young manager. This is his first big role. And he did improve the team last year. I mean, yeah, they weren't perfect. And, you know, they, they kind of tailed off towards the end. But when you're assessing Xavi, you have to look at what he walked into. And what he walked into was a this place where he got a new manager bounce and is now worse than what he walked in. I don't know. This season, we're going to get a much better idea of whether or not Xavi. The next, I think, 
you want to talk about unqualified for the job? We're going to get a much better picture of how qualified Xavi is for this role. I mean, you thought Ten Hag was unqualified for the job, and watch out, my guy. Okay, yeah, but I I think managing managing Barcelona is a much easier task than managing in the Premier League with Manchester United. Akshay. All of these brand new player, all of these brand new former like star player managers have been underqualified. Every single one. Ole was not qualified to handle United. Lampard was not qualified to handle Chelsea. Gerard was smart enough not to start at Liverpool and build his qualifications up. Well done. Uh, Duncan. So what is the bar then? What is the bar at this point for Manchester United, a team that hasn't Made it's not just about United, Oxley. It's about it's about Pirlo was not good enough to be the manager at Juve straight I off the Pirlo bat. Deserves He's, another, hold on, you Pirlo deserves another chance. But start by building up. Go in. Go to other leagues. Get better. Go the Stevie G way. Establish a proven history of winning. Yes, you get a little bit of a bump for being an all-time great former player. It'll put your name at the top of the list when they're hiring. But go out and earn the qualifications. These big clubs are doing fan service, and it's costing them. Lampard's Chelsea was a terrible mistake. Pirlo at Juve was not a good mistake. It was fan service. Ole at United was fan service. Right? Uh, None Ole of these guys. United, Ole at United was fan service. I think with Pirlo at Juve, I, I think Pirlo got It was fan service of, and it failed within one. two years. I, I think Pirlo got a lot of blame in Juve. And, it, and I, I blame myself for this as well because I, you know, I was like ready for Pirlo to be sacked. But Juve were not any better under Allegri last year. And I think that, you know, you, and I'm guilty of this again. I want to stress that. But no one really considers what they inherited, right? Pirlo inherited a, a Juve side that was clearly in decline. He had a midfield of Danilo, Rabio, and fucking Bentancourt to work with. This wasn't the midfield that he played in as a player when he had guys like Pogba and Marquisio by his side. So I, I think that, you know, you have to take into account because Allegri's a proven coach. Allegri's been to Champions League finals. He's won Serie A titles. And Juve were awful last season. Their first trophy this season. And as a matter of fact, bro, Pirlo won a trophy. Uh, and it's how he won the Coppa Italia, at least. Allegri didn't win shit. Um, you know, he got to the final. But the point is, uh, I, I think Pirlo deserved more time. I'm not going to complain about Allegri. I think he's a fair coach. Pre. But... Ole did better than, uh, than Rangnick or Ten Hag, who, whatever you will say about them, are way more qualified as coaches with way better resumes. Ole's done better than both of them. Are you saying that they're bad and that Ole was a good manager, actually? It, it doesn't matter what club you're talking about. Everyone everyone across the board has failed when they've been dropped into a club that they're just not good enough to manage and don't have the qualifications to manage. Every single time it's failed, right? You can make all the arguments you want about Pirlo. It doesn't matter. End of the day, it failed, right? You can make all the qualifiers about Ole. It doesn't matter. It failed. You can make all the qualifiers about yeah, Lampard. It doesn't matter. About, it failed. We're not talking about, like, but if you look at a guy Javi like, will fail. He just I will. Don't know, I don't, but what do you define as failure? Not winning. I don't think not winning La Liga titles is failure. Losing the job, losing the job within a couple of years because of your mismanagement. It's not brought. It's not Xavi's mismanagement. It's it's a club that can't even register. It can barely register its players on time. That's not on Xavi. Do you, who do you, who would you rather have in there? A manager who actually knows what he's doing or fan service. What is a manager who knows what he's doing? I mean, I, I, I honestly, I'd want a manager who knows the club. Rather, you, you could say Coleman knows what he's doing. He's a much more experienced manager than Choppy. You want to talk about guys who actually got a raw deal. My goodness. Yeah, but look, I mean, again, who do you want to bring? I mean, I guess Ernesto Valverde was, was a good manager, but, you know, I don't think he, he wasn't walking into a mess. He was walking into a team with Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. That's probably your last really qualified manager if we're really going to try to quantify, you know, what, who, who's qualified as a manager. Um, but for me, I mean, who else do you bring in? Yeah. I obviously want to target a guy like Guardiola, but it's not going to happen. 
realistically. And how many players are going to fit the style of the club? You know, do they really want someone like Allegri at Barcelona? No, you're not going to get someone like Conte at Barcelona. I think maybe Pochettino, but you know, Pochettino's loyal to Espanol. Um, the dance not going anywhere. Maybe Nagelsmann would be a good signing, but he's still going to stay at Barcelona. Like, you have to consider who are the other options. Graham Potter would have been a better choice. Okay, we're, we're not. Graham Potter would have been a good choice at United, in my opinion. But United obviously chose not to go down that route, and they're paying the price for it. Simple as that. They went for Rodney go for Conte. It, see, with United, it's different than Barcelona because United. Conte still plays like an attractive enough brand of football. You're getting excitement. Listen, I mean, it's really attractive if you're if you like watching an absolute dick that's such a uh, terrible person on the sidelines that we're missing actual game time to watch him and Tuchel. I want to ask who would win that fight, Tuchel or Conte? Oh, Tuchel by a long. It's not close. Tuchel by a long. It's it's not close. Conte would drop him. That's not even close. Tuchel. The speed with which the players, the speed with which the players and coaches on the benches had to back Tuchel up, lets you know he was the threat. Dude, don't we watch that highlight again? Everyone, everyone, protect. Everyone's like Tuchel, please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. We can't let you commit murder on Premier League TV. They had to back Tuchel up. (laughs) They had to back Tuchel up because they knew he would have won that fight. Conte was not a danger. If Conte charges at Tuchel, Conte's just asking to die. Oh my God! Man. Everyone protected it's Conte. It's true. it's true, though. Yeah, they they protected Conte, and there's a reason they protected Conte. There was a reason that five or six Tottenham players sprinted over, and the Chelsea players kept doing the shaking hands and the waving at the fans. They knew the moment Tuchel locked eyes and said, "You look at me." They knew Conte was in danger of actually dying on that field. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. I, I think before we wrap up here, I think there's obviously one topic that's big, and we've alluded to it. But Ronaldo's future at United. And Jeff, I remember a year ago we had Ben on and we were talking about whether Ronaldo resigning for United would be a good thing. And I think on the pitch, you can't deny what he offers. But I, he's not the problem at United, but he sure as hell ain't the answer. And I think when you look at how toxic the situation is at United, when you want a guy like Ronaldo who's leaving preseason matches early, he's, you know, obviously wants, wants to leave the club. He's not helping matters, he's making them worse. Like, I'm not saying he's not a valuable asset on the pitch, but obviously it's not working even when he starts. United should get rid of him, in my opinion. The last thing United need is a superstar who's unhappy, who's clearly disrespecting the club, which he is, uh, when he says, you know, when he's leaving preseason matches at halftime. And he, listen, I mean... He should leave. Ronaldo's fantastic. Ten Hag has a style he wants United to play, and Ronaldo is not capable of fulfilling that style. We need... Take the top off strikers who are willing to put the work in and press aggressively. And Ronaldo's not willing to do that. Ronaldo needs the offense to run through him. All the passes go to him. He takes all the shots, right? A team only has so many shots to give up. Their shot distribution without Ronaldo, like the maximum was like Bruno, who was taking like 18, 20% of the shots. You know, Rashford was popping up. Um, this was back when Greenwood was popping up Cavani, right? Like the, the shot distribution, everyone's taking shots. Ronaldo comes in, he takes 25% of the team shots, but those take opportunities away from everyone else too. And that's part of the problem is that at this point, he's not good enough that he demands that much shooting, but he's going to yeah. take that much shooting anyways. I think what, I mean, it, it's quite telling when no big, I'm so surprised that Bayern didn't go for him because I think he's almost, I don't want to say like for like replacement for Lewandowski, but Lewandowski at his age isn't going to be pressing much. And Lewandowski, like Ronaldo, is just a finisher. You give him a chance and he puts it away. Ronaldo wouldn't mind. telling that Bayern didn't want him either. And I think that's to do with his attitude. His attitude sucks. He's a charlatan. Yeah. Ronaldo wouldn't mind picking up uh, the fourth major uh, European league trophy. Not at all. Uh, he, wouldn't no. mind, he wouldn't mind coming on as a sub 
uh, and or like you oh, know, I think you, I think you wouldn't mind coming on. Oh, I think he wouldn't mind coming on as a Bayern sub all the time, play. as long as he gets to play ninety in the Champions League. That's yeah. I mean, I think that midweek at Stuttgart, I don't think Ronaldo cares. He's like, sub me on at sixty. I'll score three goals against this defensive sieve, and uh, and then I'll go on about Ronaldo, my day. I mean, the fact that Ronaldo would even be willing to go to Atletico, which reports suggest he was, and I don't know how accurate those were. Oh, know. they he a hundred percent. My my guess is that he definitely would have. Bro, if he had, he start. might he might go to PSV if they get Champions League football. I don't know why he doesn't go back to Sporting. You know what I think would be a great fit for him? AC Milan. I think AC Milan would be perfect for him because he's gonna or Inter. I mean, maybe not Inter, but at AC Milan, they don't have a center forward who's gonna score as many as he will. It's a team that's gonna challenge for the league title. It's a team that with Ronaldo. Honestly, he's a dark horse for the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, they were poor last season. This is their first season back. They have Ronaldo already. They have their version of Ronaldo and Zlatan. Their version of Ronaldo, Giroud? No, Zlatan. That's true. Yeah. You can't put the... Uh, first of all, first of all, the uh, end of the universe, uh, the collapse of humanity, if you put those two in the same locker. No, no, no. Just if for starters. Put, no, if you put Conte <laughs> and Ronaldo in the same team, no, it's, it's the universe collapses. No, you can't put Zlatan... If you put Zlatan and Ronaldo in the same locker room on the same team, one of two things happens. Either nuclear winter, like it's the, the whole world ends, or the other option, singularity. Humanity ascends from this world and this plane into the next plane as the two gods have come together to form a super god. Those well, are the only options. I think on that so note, we can, leave, we can leave you guys to speculate on what would happen if Ronaldo were to make that move, or even if he were to, I mean, not that he would ever join Tottenham, but even if for whatever reason, and Conte finds himself managing Ronaldo, I think that's a good. I think that's a good like cliffhanger to to leave our audience on. Um, but with less than a minute left, do we have any final thoughts before we sign off? United's rotten to the core, and I think that the players who started last week should have to go into this Liverpool match that they're going to play this week and just take it. And I think after that, right, you you humiliate these guys against Liverpool. I want to see fourteen, fifteen pumped past them. The starters stay out for ninety and they die. I don't care. And after that a full game of the youth. If you're over 23 years old, or if you're on a, a permanent long-term contract, a pro contract, goodbye, get lost, get yeah, Iqbal you, in there, get Charlie Savage in there. Don't you want to play for United? I think you could have something to offer. Listen, the clean sheet for us in goal. I'm like, not kidding. I'm not kidding. Garner, Charlie Savage, Iqbal, Shola, Garnacho, Fernandez, all of them. Call, call them all back from loans, get them all healthy, and run the youth out there and make it very clear to every absolutely entitled piece of shit in that locker room that you are replaceable 